you might say, okay, well, this is because I'm a woman, but it actually could just be because you don't have that confidence that you've built up. And of course that, that can be kind of played back into narratives of, you know, patriarchal narratives for sure of why you just didn't have that confidence or presented yourself in that way in the first place. But you can definitely work on that. It's something you can control. You might not be able to control how people see women in the workplace or all these different things, but you can control how you present yourself and, you know, the knowledge and the things that you bring to the table. Hey guys, it is the DM Happy Hour podcast with your host, Drayshawn Ryan. And Cynthia Sandoval. What up? We have a special guest today, someone who's super, super amazing, awesome, all of the above. She is a pro, former pro athlete turned marketer, host of the All In podcast, an incredible podcast, by the way, and marketing consultant for athletes, teams, and sports brands. Welcome, Natalie Alport. Thank you. I appreciate all the extensive adjectives that you use there. <laughs> the amazing and the awesome. I yes. was talking earlier because like we were reviewing your content. I was like, isn't she like one of the coolest people you ever met? Like, even, like yeah. <laughs> even though I've never even, met. Hey, even though I've never met you yet. <laughs> He's like, yeah, she's so cool. I was like, I know. I know. I know. Uh, um, I'm super curious as to, because, you know, we were talking and I was just like, man, you have an insane background just coming in to the game as a former athlete. How is that transition? Like, how did you turn from athlete to marketer? What was that like? Yeah. So, I mean, growing up, like entrepreneurship was like part of my DNA. So I was like that kid always promoting stuff at school, selling gum at school. Like, you know, I had my first business with my family at 10. We were making and selling agility ladders in the sports space. So like, I always kind of knew I was lucky to have like that avenue where I was like, I always was interested in business, uh, not just sport. Mm -hmm. So I had that passion there. Then both my parents studied marketing at school. And um, so that was another thing. Like they were, you know, advocates of talking about marketing my mom is like a packaging nerd she keeps every like package and label I don't know she's she's into all that kind of stuff and then my dad is very like analytical business minded but an entrepreneur and so um that kind of started that whole passion but then the actual transition happened was like I always knew I wanted to have some sort of business whether I made it and was like an Olympic world champion or I didn't I was like there's going to be some business side here that I want to do and um eventually what kind of happened organically was that as an athlete, I had to figure out, especially as a, a female athlete in the snowboard space, like how do I get these sponsors to help me further? And so um, being that a lot of my other competitors, for example, might have had better resources, um, even just been like better than I was at snowboarding, for example, like I was on the national team, but I wasn't like the top person, uh, you know? And so I was like, how can I get these sponsorships when we're all fighting against the same sponsorships and especially in the sport and like snow outdoor industry, like things are fluctuating with different seasons. There's not that much snow, brands have less budget, like things change so fast. So I was like, okay, how can I get these unique sponsorships? So that's when like social media came around. Um, like I, I think I first got onto the national team, I was 2011, so I was like 17. So like, you know, Instagram was just kind of starting. Um, I think back then I actually used Twitter and I would reach out to brands and often it'd be like the person who's in charge of the brands because it wasn't yet the time where people had social media managers and all these different things. Mm -hmm. So I was able to get in contact with some great brands and be able to bridge the gap between, for example, I was really into fitness, which is pretty rare as a snowboarder. So I'm like, how can I bring these sponsorships and be like the only snowboarder on their roster instead of fighting against all the snowboarders? So I really learned how to market myself. And then that's 
all of a sudden people would refer them to me. Like I would have Olympians that I've never met before in my inbox being like, Hey, so-and-so told me about you. They said that you're really good at getting sponsorships. Like, how can I do this? And so I would just like help as many people as I could. And then um, throughout that, one of my sponsors asked me if I could do all their social media. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's a perfect, like, kickstart to whatever I want to do I'll do that while I'm still riding a year later I retired from snowboarding so that became my full business and then eventually it kind of went full circle instead of just working with like brands and businesses in the sports space I really have started over the past year and a half or so like focusing more on what have I been asked about this whole time oh athletes um and so that's where my my focus is now wow yeah that's That's a cool story I feel like with uh athletes i i don't have an athletic bone in my body <laughs> you know what's so sad I, I took a 23 and me thing and you can like t- like uh you know how you could tell like your muscle composition and things like yeah. that like i guess your saliva so s- such a sick sad joke like on on mine it says <laughs> like <laughs> it's like olympian like dna like i have like um my body is built to be an athlete that's not what happened but (laughs) (laughs) well there you can build it now (laughs) (laughs) yeah i did like a couple push-ups after watching your content i was like get it was like i gotta (laughs) i need some work i need to sweat (laughs) but i do like overall really really admire admire um uh people in the military like the military background Mm -hmm. because my dad's a former navy guy and I really admire uh, athletes and just their overall mentality and how they're just like the grit. And I find a lot of correlation between the mentality of an athlete and the overall grit and the dedication uh, to, to a lot of successful entrepreneurs. Like there's a lot of correlation there. Do you think, well, I, I think I know, but <laughs> I'd love to know more of like how your mentality as an athlete spilled over into becoming your own business. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think there's a lot of conversations around this topic, at least in the clubs I'm in on Clubhouse right now. Um, there's a lot of like former athlete groups that that I've been kind of tuning into and speaking on. And it's been so interesting hearing everyone else's perspective on this. But I definitely think there's exactly what you said, like the grit, um, the perseverance, the dedication. And even if you don't want to be an entrepreneur, you just want to get hired by a company, especially in like a marketing or sales type role. I think that you already have this credibility to you from being an athlete. Like you can show your athletic background and no one's going to start asking you questions about, are you dedicated? Are you committed? Are you like all these things? Like you kind of have those traits and it's just expected. Um, And then they might ask you some of those like hard skills, but those things are things that can be trained. And that's another thing about athletes that I think is athletes are super adaptable. Like things change so often and they've worked like a you know, decades on something specific with all these fluctuations and changes and rule changes and whatever that they've had to adjust with. And so whatever role that they want to pursue, they can adapt to it. Same thing with like, as the market changes as an entrepreneur, they can adapt as things change. If they're in a job position, they can adapt. And so there's a lot of those just inherent traits that they've worked so long to build that transfer over to everything. Yeah. I love that because, uh, I, well, I grew up with an athlete. Like my mom used to run track. She actually ran, yeah, she actually ran um, a hundred meters in ten point two seconds when she was fourteen. Damn. Yeah. So you know, I so can like do five regular push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> so not the girl ones, okay. <laughs> so, so uh, I see her mentality and how adaptable she is. So I can really, you know, attest to that. Um, and it's something that 
I can say actually impacted me growing up, right? Like seeing my mom's like persistence and seeing how, how hard she'll work to do something. I never understood it. But when you look at all of the great athletes and you look at how hard they have to train and how, how much time they put into what they want to put into, right? You can see that their mindset is just different. Like it's, it's, it's so different. Right. And so I think that I was able to adapt some of that. So, or adopt, I should say some of that. So yeah, definitely. That's cool. I feel like it's yeah. a great mindset to have, especially because, all right. So I recently started trading like Natalie, you know, this, I started trading like this year, like aggressively and <laughs> what a fucking time to trade when the markets are just, these are just unprecedented times, but I could have sold one stock, but instead like that I had a lot of shares in, but instead I held and, and it took so much like, uh, I guess like mental strength. It's, it's not like being a pro snow, snowboarder, but it, there's like a lot of uh, mental strength that goes behind seeing your accounts totally in the red. <laughs> that was me Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. and then today everything's green i'm like oh cool monday yeah, let's go like, yeah <laughs> but then the minute that it's red like your per- your like whole mood changes you're just like everything is shit and uh, <laughs> but like even holding on during those really bloody times uh, i just feel like takes a ton of perseverance a lot of grit a lot of like i, I kept like kind of <laughs> I started like some kind of group on YouTube, like uh, on a chain, like I made a comment and everyone's like commenting on that, on this one stock. Who's holding on to the stock? And everyone's like, yeah. (laughs) There you go. You got like a, you got the the team going. You got the support, the accountability. We're all hurting. (laughs) She was like, what else are we supposed to do? Who's holding on to the stock? (laughs) That's funny. That's so freaking sad. Um, oh man! <laughs> but overall, I think uh, I love that mentality, and I, I specifically love just like following you on Instagram, following you on even LinkedIn, and and now just like reviewing a ton of your content on YouTube. <laughs> I honestly felt like I needed it. Just there was a there's a clip that you posted. I I, I sent it to Dre, and it was like a compilation of of a lot of your podcast episodes. On oh yeah, I saw that. I was like, dang, I needed to hear this. Like, it's just, I'm over here, like, complaining and all this dumb crap. And I think there's <laughs> something that someone said that was uh, something along the lines of working out is a, something along the lines of this, I'm paraphrasing, like, working out is like a mindset. It's not, it doesn't, you know, like, how you feel doesn't matter. Uh, your day-to-day changes is like showing up and actually being consistent and following through, regardless of how you feel, is actually... Um, a testament of your character not like mm. working out on a day that you feel like working out which is pretty yeah. how I used to do it um, but now it's just like showing up regardless if you have a bad day you're working out you have a good day you're working out your portfolio is bloody red and you want to cry <laughs> <laughs> you work out <laughs> I just yeah I was like great yeah well I appreciate that you like those videos I feel like whenever I post my podcast clips I just that's not like usually what does well on my channel (laughs) but that's pretty much all I've been posting lately because I I, the things that do well on my channel on YouTube is like I did I don't know if you saw any of them but I did like day in the life of different pro athletes where I trained like a whole day as different athletes uh last summer and there was a few of those that really like did well I think the soccer one did well and I filmed that all myself somehow that crushed it um but yeah I really enjoyed doing those but now with the winter of course like up here in Canada you can't be outside all day doing these training the gyms are all closed here so 
it's like pretty impossible to film that series. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll keep posting these podcast clips and hopefully the 40 people who watch find it <laughs> valuable. But I, I really do appreciate every time I get a comment or something that it does help. So yeah. I'm one of the 40. I thought it was really, it, I, I honestly, like, I don't think, I think people underestimate what it's like to be a marketer in today's age or to be like a marketer that's one commands a lot of money or, or, or is very high value and super competitive and, um, it's just, there's, I think marketers nowadays are a dime a dozen. Like how many social media marketers, I'm sure there's a ton in, in uh, even in the sports space, right? <clears throat> so you really have to have like that grit. Um, you have a lot, have to have a lot of like, uh, I don't know what the word is. I guess grit. I, I think there's more to it to just persevere and stand out. And what I really like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. What I spoke, I spoke to you last time. I, I saw that you were kind of even getting out of done for you services and like branching out into something new, into more consulting and, and um, I guess like speaking engagements. How, what's that like for you? What's that journey like? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been interesting. I think that's a, the the kind of fun thing about entrepreneurship. That's a little bit different than sport. And I think this is where athletes do struggle sometimes. Sport, it's like okay, you want to be say the best swimmer. Like you know that this is your event. This is a swimming event. These are all the people with the times that are faster than you. Like your only choice is to get faster at that. In business, like you can create your own lane, right? You can kind of create your own event in a sense. So even though we're all marketers, we can have like our own little lanes because there's so many different people that could use our services. And so that's what I find so interesting. And so I've been always just trying to find my own space, my own lane. And I think for a while I played in someone else's lane and so for a while I was like okay like I want to build this big agency and then it's just going to grow and kind of be its own business and like then I'll do this and um, I realized that's not what I want to do like people were coming to me specifically because of me and like my background and I was realizing like how I wanted to build things as like this traditional agency model just doesn't work that way like how could I step away from the business if people are coming because they want to work with me or hear me talk or whatever so um, I realized like, what do people always ask me for? And what, who are the people that I really like to work with? And I was like, oh yeah, athletes. Um, and then the reason that I've kind of pivoted is that I like, my whole thing is like, I just want to make as big an impact as I can, a positive impact. And like some of that is speaking, not about marketing, like about mindset and different things. And then some of that is in the marketing and space, because I know for me as an athlete, empowering athletes to learn how to market themselves is just so beneficial, whether they're at the stage that they have an agent working for them or not. Like for me, I was at the level where I'm competing in world cups and, you know, the top events against all these riders that are getting paid six plus figures just to be there. And I'm getting paid nothing. It's like all money out of pocket and trying to get sponsors to cover it or, you know, I'll make it work and figure these things out. I'm broke at the end of a season. And so how can I get to be the best? And, and when I'm having to compete against them already, if I'm not making the same amount and mm -hmm. not being able to ride as much. And so that's where for me, it's like, how many athletes can I empower to like make that gap? Cause more athletes, I think most athletes quit in that, like, stage because it's very stressful um you realize like that's why the top athletes stay on top it's because once they get there they have all these resources that these other people don't right so i'm like how can we kind of get the resources there for those underrepresented athletes and especially i think in the in the female athlete space that's really really important um everywhere but especially in the female athlete space because even the top athletes aren't being paid that much um, and so, um, I've been trying to transition in that space, knowing that a lot of these athletes are not going to be able to pay me like say $500 an hour to consult with them or like hire a whole agent or something like that. And for me, it's like, how can I just bring education to them? 
And so that means like I've been partnering up with organizations to come in and do workshops for their whole group of athletes. And I really enjoy that. Um, and then the same time I'm working on like a course right now so I can do something that's um, easy for any athlete if they're not part of a team or organization that they can access and it's going to be affordable for them and, you know, have a high ROI, especially if it's something that's like 50 bucks, of course, like you get one sponsor, um, you make one deal, you learn how to, mon you know, monetize your Instagram, that's going to pay off in dividends over your career. And, uh, and then especially with NIL rules coming up with uh, college sports. So when college athletes will be able to make money off their name, image, likeness, that's going to be huge. And I think there's so many people playing in the space of being like influencer marketing agents or um, brand representatives or basically building apps that connect, you know, the monetization. But it's like, okay, well, still only the top people are going to be paid this. You're forcing them into this little lane. How can we open up these opportunities for the athletes to get creative and build their own space and just learn how they can even grow their own platform so that they, if they do want to use these apps or these services, they have more leverage there because not just the top athlete um, should be able to make money. I think even anyone, if they can create content or figure out their unique space and in that industry they can make money and use those four years of college as a great way to you know it could be some of their highest income earning years i think i see a that's deep that is i think that's a mic drop <laughs> cut that for your own content that was pretty solid that was awesome yeah that was that I was noticed, great. like cause i feel like we talked about this with like college sports like i think it's so messed up how in, in college, like uh, athletes don't get paid, but obviously that's going to change. I feel that there's something similar as marketers as well. Um, I don't know if you ever worked like a, a sal like a standard sta salaried like marketing job as a social media manager. Have you ever done that? No. So I, I mean, as Crash. a kid, I worked, I worked horrible. I was a janitor. I'd done like, I've done it all, but yeah, when it comes to marketing, no, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I was, no, I was like maybe eight, 18. I worked at a car dealership being a janitor. Like it was, uh, yeah, it was the worst. I was by far the youngest person there. And, uh, yeah. And, and people, uh, the HR manager, she, they own like a bunch of different dealerships. And so the person who did HR and hired me doesn't work at that one. And essentially she like knew I was, you know, training, I was on the national team, did all these things. And so immediately after they hired me after like two weeks, I had to leave for a month for a training camp. So everyone hated me because they were like this like young 18 year old girl who's literally the janitor and they want to like bully around gets to go to Whistler for a month, like right after she's hired. Wow. Yeah, it was a, it was hell but yeah i haven't worked like a normal yeah i don't think i've ever had a normal salary job i think it's uh overrated but unfortunately <laughs> what in our industry it's almost seen like like a lot of people i think you and i and dre all know what it is but a lot of people think like oh i gotta go to school for marketing oh then i gotta mm -hmm. then get mm -hmm. a job at an agency and salary blah 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 and I think you mentioned this before that in the space, you can make it whatever you want to make it. And I do also notice the same gap that there was a gap between um, kind of people starting off versus where we're at. Mm -hmm. Like there's just a huge gap because no one knows how to get to uh, becoming like, how do you, how do you charge $500 an hour to begin with? Like how, how do you like build your own personal brand? Like how do you even put out content? What content do you put out to begin with? Mm -hmm. You know, like, and then on top of that, like, okay, well, how do you start making money out of the content? You know, like how does it all add together? So that's, I love what you're doing because I, I find a lot of correlation between that and, and what I'm doing as well is to try to bridge that gap for marketers and independent sure 
people in general, like from here, like what I trade, I really want to get into real estate, you know, like I, I want to flip houses and I want, I want to do it all. I want to do CrossFit. <laughs> I want to get past five regular push-ups. I want to, I want to do everything. <laughs> I want to break my body doing snowboarding and, and all that cool stuff. Uh, I, I don't, I don't want to break my body, but <laughs> don't do that. Uh, no, no, no. I'll pass. Overrated. At least like over. <laughs> Overrated. <laughs> Trust me. I've broken it all. And I can tell you it's not worth yeah. it. I watched, I, yeah, we were watching one of your videos. Break your whole body. Like, <laughs> according to the video, I guess. <laughs> like I saw it, like you broke your ribs and I was like, whoa. And you were like, you fell from 80 feet in the air or something like that. Yeah, it was at a World Cup event. And um, yeah, there was like, I mean, it's the last jump. And so I brought in way too much speed. And so essentially, like you're flying over this jump that already had a gap of like, I don't know, 70 feet, but then you're going like further and further, which also means the landing's like this. So you're going down and down. Uh, so you have even higher impact. And you know what? The, the scariest part of any of those things is when you're in the air and you're just waiting for it to happen. When it actually happens, like I remember I knocked all the air out of myself for about a minute. I couldn't even speak or move. So everyone's like running to me. But what, all of a sudden when my air came back, I was laughing. And everyone's like, wait, what is happening? And I said, I said, because I survived, like I'm okay. Like in my head, I was like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And like, I'm flying through the air. Like, this is so scary. And then it happens and it's like, you have still this adrenaline. So the pain hasn't fully set in and you're just like, oh my God, like <laughs> I'm alive. And so it just becomes kind of funny. You're like, okay, <laughs> like, I'm right, here. Cool. I'm, I I'm had alive. a completely different experience. I mean, I didn't go, it wasn't snowboarding, but I went like bungee jumping in Ecuador. Oh. Oh, my cousin, I have a cousin who's like just absolutely she's just like a thrill adventure seeker whatever and I was like okay like well, how bad could it be like I'll do it like whatever I'm, I'm usually game for anything but I regret being game for that and um I'm like bargaining with the dude that like kind of sees you go off the bridge mm -hmm. and I'm just like I'm in the third world country like I don't I don't know if I'm gonna make it and things like that and I was like I think this is a bad idea like I'm fully logic is fully setting in at that point like and I'm trying to talk to the guy. I'm like, I don't think I could do this. And my, like, I, I speak Spanglish, Spanish, but at that moment I was like pure English. Spanglish. Like, oh, it was English. I was like, I I, it was straight up English. I was like, I demand to get down. I do not feel safe. And he was just like, no, just hold, just take a deep breath. And I was like, fine. And then he like had me, you're supposed to jump off, like facing the ground. Right. But I was facing him and he was just like, just take a deep breath. And I was like, okay. And then he threw me off and I was just like, you <laughs> and, I <fell> <laughs> and I fell off and it just like I literally felt like I was like I you know those like flashback moments like like you see white and then I started thinking of people and I was just like yeah this is the dumbest you you were <laughs> yeah, I literally had that I, I but when I landed I, it felt really calm because I felt I saw like the stream under me I felt the stream under me like I heard the noises of like nature and whatever and I was like oh this is so beautiful but I'm really pissed off that I almost died wow. <laughs> I was not laughing I was just like <laughs> Why did I do this? You know, Why? I'm, I'm, Why? I'm, actually, I'm actually curious to know how did you, uh, Natalie, how did you get into snowboarding? Like, what, what made you want to do that? Is that just like a, a thing that people do in Canada? Or, like, how did you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know it's a good fun. question. It's a good question. Maple syrup, <laughs> too. Like, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. I did do that yesterday. I made maple taffy. <laughs> <laughs> 
comment. I was like, that's really Canadian. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. It is. It, it, I did make it properly, but anyways, another story, another day. Uh, it was still good. It tasted good, but it got stuck in my boyfriend's teeth for probably two hours. And so yeah, <laughs> best of luck to him. He was immediately like, couldn't get it out of his mouth. It's like on the roof of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, well, it was worth it for me. So, um, But yeah, uh, so how did I get into snowboarding is really so like, like uh, as a kid I was just always an athlete like my my dad played hockey my mom is from Venezuela so she wasn't I think she said she played volleyball or something but she is um if you watch her she's not athletic so (laughs) Uh, and she she will be fine with me saying that so and she's also not competitive which makes no sense of how I turned out but uh, my dad is definitely competitive so Um, yeah, I was put into hockey like really young, but also we, I was actually born on the West coast where there are the mountains. So we learned how to ski at like two and a half. So, um, yeah, so I always was skiing. Then we actually moved to New Jersey for two years when I was like six, uh, five or six. Um, and then that was like a break from all sports. I think I played soccer and then came back up to Canada. That's when I first started playing competitive hockey. And so that became my thing. Um, at school, I was like on every sport team. I just liked, I liked every sport, but like hockey was the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we would still go skiing sometimes. But it's really hard with a hockey schedule. Like you're playing hockey all the time. Um, and so my, my parents sacrificed a lot just to bring us to hockey like every day. And that's really what we did. And then um, all the kids at my school were into snowboarding. And I had, I think I bought my first skateboard um, when I was in the US in New Jersey. I saved for a year of my allowance for a $16 skateboard. That's how little my allowance was. It took me a year <laughs> to get $16. <laughs> my parents are very cheap. Okay. So um, I never had an allowance. This, this is all new to me when I saw kids. Well, yeah. I, well, my hockey teams these kids had so much money and I was like my parents they started they would give me 25 cents a month and then I think every year it would go up by another 25 cents or something wow they were like really efficient with it too yeah yeah yeah, it was it was strange so yeah we didn't have to have uh that much uh money and then of course they didn't buy me a skateboard they made me save up for it so yeah so I was always into that and then yeah all the it seemed like the cool kids were into snowboarding and so I was like okay like I'm gonna snowboard if all the the guys like all the guys in my class told me that they played baseball and I said okay I'm gonna play baseball I got my dad to call the organizer of the league and so I was the only girl and I played baseball um and so same thing happened with snowboarding with boys like men's baseball yeah yeah I was a pitcher <laughs> yeah <laughs> I didn't make many friends okay like didn't want to date me as <laughs> That is amazing. That's funny. <laughs> yes, I uh yeah, it was an interesting childhood. Like that doesn't make you many friends, but anyway. <laughs> like I feel like I was always so I grew up with my dad and I had uncles, a lot of uncles. I had one aunt. But I was just around uncles and we would all practice wrestling moves and just like I was just always in a tomboy environment. It's like I'm a girl but I just I don't know just in my environment I always wanted to play sports I always wanted to play football I was never good at it but I always wanted to play and so I found that being in that environment was actually a really unique competitive edge in being in business because Mm -hmm. I'm okay being the only female in a room and I can demand respect it took some time actually and then first I was intimidated being the only girl every time uh and and also minority but like even in the boardroom, like in, in meetings, so I used to work with Damon John and, and I asked if Canadians know what Shark Tank is. Obviously they do. And I was yeah. just proven of my ignorance. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <I'm stupid. laughs> so, 
uh even with damon like i remember like there's not too many women in that environment they, there are but they're usually like designers and things like that but when it comes to dealing with money and giving reports on like pnl reports on profit and losses i was like the only one and mm. i just i don't know uh, i was intimidated by damon originally but then after that like i can run the meeting and i was feeling pretty comfortable but i think it's because of my background just being okay with being around dudes playing sports would you say it's like a similar situation with you yeah, I totally agree. Like, actually, for uh, for a long time, like all my friends were were guys. Like all throughout elementary school, high school. Um, like I had a couple, like a few girlfriends. I have one friend that she's still like one of my best friends from high school. But otherwise, like the group, like outside of school, I didn't really hang out with them because I was like, I have my snowboard friends. I have, and they were all guys, really. Um, and yeah, I definitely think that helps, especially being in these situations in sports space, in the marketing space where it's really like male dominated. Yeah, I find that I don't even think about it. I'm actually, it's almost like I, I've actually had to really work on like making girlfriends and re- learning how to like talk in that environment because for a long time, like I don't think I even wore makeup until like a couple of years ago. And even still, it's like something that takes two minutes, you know, like, so when girls are talking about that. I'm like, I don't know what to contribute to this conversation because I know nothing like, and so it's just interesting. Um, yeah. That just being in that environment, I think for me, like, uh, especially when I was in business, I think the only insecurity I had was being young. I show up to meetings and it's all like 50 year olds. And I'm like, um, and then, you know, my agency is 93 agency and they say, Oh, is that the year you were born? And then they make jokes about how their, their kids are older than I was and whatever. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> so I had to get over <laughs> that one quickly, but I think being in a space with a lot of guys hasn't, yeah, it's actually just, it's kind of been the opposite where I'm like, okay, like how do I fit in with all these girls that they naturally, their conversations like go because they've been hanging out with girls their whole lives all the time. And I'm like, um, does anyone want to talk about sports and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anybody saw last night's basketball game? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think for me it was like necessarily that extreme, but I did have to like infiltrate from the ground up and just like, what do women talk about? And then that's yeah. when I got into makeup. I was just like, Oh, makeup is actually really good. But I, it's like everything I do, I get like really nerdy about it. So it's just like, mm-hmm. I ruined the fun. So it, that's just, exactly. Yeah. So you <laughs> want to so- talk to me. <laughs> 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 Maybe like, that's it. Like one of my best friends, uh, she's just like, all right, I'm not going to get into this with you because you're just going to go down a rabbit hole that I don't even want to, I don't really care. And I'm like, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so you- Talk to my dad about makeup then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, best of luck with that. <laughs> yeah, but it's just a, it's a, it's a weird thing, you know, but what would you say, what would your, I'm constantly thinking of this as well, but what would your advice be for women, um, who are looking to branch into marketing maybe it's the same thing within sports or um overall branding like what would you tell what would your advice be for them yeah i mean one is is just developing that inner self-confidence i think is so important because you definitely notice uh especially if you're a woman in that space that the men immediately like just present themselves in such a different way like they could know nothing and they're presenting themselves in such a way that it's like they do and they immediately earn the trust of this other guy because of the fact of that just solely on its own versus you might get tested more and you might say okay well this is because i'm a woman but it actually could just be because you don't have that confidence that you've built up. And of course that, that can be kind of played back into narratives of, you know, patriarchal narratives for sure of why you just didn't have that confidence or presented yourself in that way in the first place. But you can definitely work on that. It's something you can control. You might not be able to control how people 
see women in the workplace or all these different things, but you can control how you present yourself and, you know, the knowledge and the things that you bring to the table. So I think, you know, working on that confidence is really important and knowing that you don't have to have it all figured out to just start because I think there's some crazy stat about, you know, uh, the guys read a, a job description and if they match one out of like 60 things, they apply versus a woman feels she needs to match every single piece versus, and then she'll, she'll apply only then. And so I think, you know, just being able to realize that you can adapt, you can figure stuff out. And if you can just build relationships, that's also just like a cornerstone piece of the puzzle. That's, that's funny that you say that because like when I used to work jobs, whenever I would apply to jobs, I never used to read the job description. I used to <laughs> just look at the title and if it said like SEO something, okay, cool. I'm going to go get this job. Like I never used to read their descriptions. It's pretty funny. I used to do something similar. Like I used to do the same thing and same as a kid. Like I used to send companies, like I would ask them when I was a kid, like before I was like competing and snowboarding, I would get mail every single day from companies. I would just ask for stickers or I'd send uh, baseball cards to baseball players and get them to sign it and I'll send it back. And I just did all these things. But I think a lot of that was like, I grew up just, like I said, I had no girlfriends. I was always surrounded by the guys. I wasn't really second guessing. Um, and I wasn't worried about like, Oh, what do you guys think of me in this? I was just like, you know, I want to do this and this is what I, what I want to do. And again, maybe it didn't make me that many friends, but, um, but I think it did help out, you know, in, in the long run of having that mindset and just being so confident. But I think that also comes from parents too. Like I talk a lot yeah. lately, I've been bringing up the topic, even on LinkedIn of the freedom to fail. And like my parents really did give that to me, like not in a sense of like, oh, you have money to back up on because they did the exact opposite. Like it was all my money on the line, mm -hmm. but I had to learn that that actually taught me like losing my money, getting it back, all these things. Like I will be okay if I do fail. So, or I will be okay if I do get called out of not knowing this, or if I apply to this thing and get rejected. And so you know, they just allowed me, they didn't protect me from anything. It was like, yeah, sure. Apply for this. Even though they know like that's stupid. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Or yeah, sure. Go do this. And, and so letting me fall flat on my face over and over again is kind of like what allows me to show up with the confidence of the things I want to do now. That, I, I completely agree. Cause my dad literally let me do everything. He was just like, I don't know, figure like, or not necessarily. I had a lot of responsibilities and, um, you know, <laughs> I had to pay rent at 16 my dad would be like you know how much that costs like literally nickel and dime everything and I would get oh, so yeah. annoyed because I still owe my dad for the bubble gum that he bought me when I was 12 he has a spreadsheet <laughs> wait really <laughs> I, I'm like half joking but not <laughs> <laughs> like my dad was never like he didn't think I didn't know how to use excel because that would have been a, a done deal but it's just like literally everything so I had to you know work odd jobs just to like be able to say like oh okay dad I, here's my phone bill money like little things like that and I used to hated it I hated it growing up and I was just like why can't I be my like my friends like why can't I just you know why can't I just get a credit card like what's so hard about that and um I'm really glad that he never did uh he, he one he allowed me to to screw up but two he kind of like made me work for it so everything I really learned yeah. firsthand when I lost money like I really lost money um I started out like becoming a, a wedding photographer at like 17, 18. Like I just did all these things on my own. I was never pressured, not even to go to university. I was never really pressured. He was just like, do what you want. You know, I got pressure from like my grandparents and things like that. But he was just like, hey, you know, I worked really hard for you to like make mistakes. I worked really hard so that you can think outside the box. So can you do that? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> I love you that. I love that. Because I think that sometimes like, uh, especially girls growing up, they get protected 
in a sense, right? Um, And just like emotionally, physically, like protected. And so I think that like your parents giving you the freedom to fail, but like ensuring that it's your failure to own, like making sure that you, you feel that loss in some sense. It's like, oh yeah, go spend all your money on this and just see how it works out. Like they let you learn that. It's not there. You're not playing with house money. You're learning things really the hard way and figuring things out. And I think sometimes as kids, um, you know, and as a parent, it must be hard to do that, right? Because you just want to give your kids and protect them from everything. But letting them learn these things, it really like helps in the long run. And sometimes it sucks, but later on in life, you're like, oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I realize it now as an, I mean, during, at, at the time I hated it, but now I'm just like, oh, I mean, like I've always been this way. Because people will ask me like, oh, why are you so good at that? Like what, blah, blah, blah. Like they'll ask me questions like I'm asking you and I'm just like, I don't know. I guess I'm realizing that the way I was raised really set me up for this. I'm not yeah. afraid to take certain risks. I'm not afraid to drop a dumb yeah. amount of money on Dogecoin. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, don't not. <laughs> that would be wait, a whole other conversation. Be. But. I should be. What did you Isn't say? Isn't that going care? up though? Like- I thought that it was going down because yesterday no, on Clubhouse, Elon, down. didn't he say, uh, yeah, he yeah. said he just laughed at it kind of. He was like, made a joke about it. So now yeah, yeah. <laughs> people are like, well, okay, it's, it's a like joke. hovering around, last time I checked, it was like 0. 0.04, but you know, I bought in at like, a, I don't The wrong know. time? Yeah, I tend yeah, to do yeah. that because I can't analyze charts properly. And then plus when you analyze charts properly on, on crypto, it's just like logic is not logic. So mm. I just don't get it. But Whatever. That's the case for the whole market right now. Logic yeah. is not logic. Like, logic is not logic. It's not working. Like, everybody on my Facebook timeline is like, yeah, I bought Dogecoin. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. It's to there. the moon. <laughs> to the moon, baby. <laughs> like three days, three days ago. <laughs> Three days ago, I saw this post and this guy was like, yeah, I bought 351 shares or something like that. And I don't, no. I don't know anything about cryptocurrency. That's, that's not that much considering you, that it's like a z- 0. <laughs> <laughs> he bought one dollar. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like I just realized that I'm built different. I'm, I'm built in a way that like most females aren't built. I would always wonder like why, like especially my coworkers, like ask for the raise. Like why, why can't you? Yeah. Like you know, little things like that. And I work, this is the impact that I love chasing, like with the clients that I work with now, just like giving them that confidence of saying like, yeah, you can charge this much because this is what I do. And if I could do it, uh, like I'm literally crashing or, or smashing every statistic possible, just based on my background, there's really no way in hell that you can't ask for this. And worst case scenario, they say no. And it's just like once the first time they hear no, it's just like this, this, uh, the, the glass shatters and it's just like, oh, wait, that's not really a big deal. Mm. So the freedom to fail is, is, uh, is something that it takes some time to internalize and it takes some time to, to learn through practice. But I think we're really lucky in that we started early. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the thing. Like you realize that a no is not that bad. And like in sports space, similar to like the entertainment space, you get no's all the time. Like, do you think, you know how many sponsors I reached out to and they said, no, I used to ask all the car dealerships around here to give me a car <laughs> all the time. I would message like multiple car dealerships a day. And like, I had meetings, I would show up in a business outfit. I would go to like the local hotels, like any business that had money. And like, I got no all, all the time. Um, but it just helped me learn like over time of how to present myself. And, um, I think that's definitely like, it's just being able to put yourself out there and learn that. And a lot of people they'll ask like, what's the hack? Like, how can you build this confidence? And like, so that you can go and ask, I said, you have to ask and hear no, like it just, there's no way around it to building that like mental toughness and that confidence. The only way you build those things is literally just like doing it when you don't want to 
dealing with the failure, realizing you're going to be okay, overcoming it, and each rep you get stronger. Yeah, it's that athlete mentality that I love so much. Um, I mean, to wrap Execution. this all, yeah, to wrap this all up, Natalie, I would love to know what would you tell yourself starting off, like as a marketer, if you could go back, like what what would you tell yourself? Yeah, I mean, if I could go back, I would say to play in my own lane, like from from the get go. I mean, I had to learn these things for sure, um, and realize like all of a sudden having you know really successful years and being like this is not what I want to do, and scaling back and learning those mistakes. Um, you know, I think it was valuable. I don't ever regret like making some of those mistakes, even if they were expensive or hard to learn or felt like a waste of time. It's like you know what they led me to where I'm at, and I'm happy with where I'm at and where I'm going. But I think if, if I did go back, it would be like, you know, especially like right outside of snowboarding, I think I could have made that transition faster to being like, okay, let me work with athletes and all these things. Um, but at the same time, who knows if I would have been ready, maybe I wouldn't have been, you know, at the level of speaking to do some of those things or just had my life together. And there's so many things I had to figure out. So, so yeah, no, no regrets, but maybe, maybe that'd be something that I would change, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> that's what yes. I like to think. It makes me feel better saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Like, like there's so many things in life that you can say, uh, it, it, does it really happen for a reason? Does this, you know, does this actually work? Does having positive thoughts actually change anything in the world? Like, you know, you can think all those things. And I was like, when you really, really dive into it, who cares if they do, you feel better. And like, what's, the point of life like you want to feel good and have a good time and be happy so if you're like okay if you think that everything doesn't happen for a reason and then you pick apart everything part of your life and are so upset forever and like that doesn't feel good so might as well just whether it works or not like or whether it's true or not it's just, just a belief it. system yeah yeah that's how i feel about like burning sage and stuff like i don't know if this <laughs> shit works but i like i'm visualizing me just annihilating all the negativity around me <laughs> like i don't know if it works but i, I feel good burning sage <laughs> supposed to be like calm and at peace not like get away stress <laughs> i'm definitely doing it wrong but hey you know it works well it, if it works for you exactly exactly we can all have our own uh belief systems and if they feel good and we all show up happy and present then i might you know have what? to rethink that good. one uh, you Yo. challenged my beliefs just now, but <laughs> it's all Yo. good. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your just overall nuggets of uh, your gems overall. And uh, I really appreciate you. And I uh, look forward to seeing more of your content. Same. Thanks. Everything Cynthia said times two. <laughs> <laughs> cosign, cosign. <laughs> Thanks so much, Natalie. You're the best. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Of course. Right. Take care, guys. Bye now. Peace.